You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Palpably Unfair podcast. My name is Kyle Posey. I am joined by my favorite co-host, Kate Majuk, a name that is very easy to pronounce and I've never messed up before. <laughs> Kate, what's going on? How you doing? Oh, nothing. I just uh, spent some time coaching my co-host on my last name, uh, ready to talk some football now. I think that's the the perfect next step. We've got so much interesting like movement around everything in the NFL right now. I love this time of year. You literally just never know what is next around the corner. We've had some fun news, so I think we're we're going to spend some time talking about that today, right? There is. There's never a dull moment in the NFL. They always go out of their way to steal the headlines from no matter what other sport it is because they are a greedy, greedy league, and we are <laughs> going to talk about that. So today, we're going to talk about some of the biggest surprises that have happened this offseason in the NFL, and let's jump right into it because out of nowhere, well, we knew that Matthew Safford was going to get traded. We didn't know where. It seemed like for a while it was going to be the 49ers, but then out of nowhere, the Rams swooped in and then, you know, they found a trade partner for Jared Goff. So let's let's talk about that. So Matthew Stafford to the Lions or sorry, Matthew Stafford to the Rams from the Lions and the Rams sent Jared Goff. They sent the 2021 third round pick and a future first as what in 2022 and 2023, which seemed like a lot. But again, you know, it was for the salary cap. And there was so much, so many moving parts in there. Um, there was some collusion. It feels like we have to mention <laughs> that part because Carolina and a few other teams, it seemed like, gave better offers to the Rams. But since the Rams, you know, their Brad Holmes just moved to Detroit, they were able to get a deal done. So what was your initial reaction when you found out about this trade? Uh, Matthew Stafford, my, my initial reaction is I could not love – uh, a situation more for Matthew Stafford. I think, I mean, poor guy, he has been trapped in Detroit. There have been some uh, some stellar pieces that he's been able to work with in his time with the Lions, but I just don't think he's had the the proper people around him uh, in terms of like coaching, in, in terms of overall management of the franchise. I think Matthew Stafford is a good enough quarterback that I want to see him before retirement actually play in a capable offensive scheme where, I mean, the I, the most fun thing ever is just watching Matthew Stafford sling the ball. Uh, he's a total baller, and I think he's going to be a really interesting fit with the Rams. Jared Goff, though, this, I mean, this move, I have no idea what to make of Jared Goff. He's a, a former first-round pick. He's a, a still a young, a, a young guy, and I think He's shown some flashes. Let's not forget he's uh, played in a Super Bowl before. He's really uh, an interesting prospect because I, I think we've seen 
plenty of struggles, but some flashes. And I think he's going to crash and burn in Detroit. And I feel bad for him. I feel bad that this is his landing spot because I do think that uh, there could have been some other opportunities for him in the league to maybe pair him with a a good coach. I know he was already with a good coach, uh, but this move seems to just uh, like, let's sign the gravestone. Let's put him out of his misery. So Jared Goff is 26 years old, which seems ridiculous because it feels like he's been in the NFL for a decade. So (laughs) I don't feel sorry for him going to Detroit because he got to play with Sean McVay during his yeah. rookie contract. And he had plenty of chances, Kate. When you get those many opportunities, you have to take advantage of them. And we always talk about QB wins. And I know he's one of the most successful QBs from a win-loss standpoint. But every time it seemed like the Rams needed to make a play in the playoffs, whether it's this past year, whether you go back to the Super Bowl, he just handcuffed their offense. So... Um, going from McVeigh to Detroit is quite the downgrade, and it'd probably be tougher to find, you know, a worse situation to go to when you, considering where he's coming from. But I mean, again, he had so many opportunities that I think we're going to kind of have an idea of who the real Jared Goff is now that he doesn't have Sean McVeigh to kind of dress him up and put makeup on what <laughs> what seemed like. Uh, a quarterback who just didn't deserve to go that high. And that's another thing where, you know, you get taken so high that you come with these you know, projections and expectations. And it's so tough to live up to the hype of a number one pick. You ha- you almost have to be a superstar. So um, it, he, he was almost doomed from the start. Oh, for sure. And I think it's always a bad thing when you're set up that high. Um, and especially because I think, it, I mean, we had two back-to-back winning seasons, you know, after – uh, after his first season in the league, he had two consecutive seasons, 11 and four, 13 and three. Um, he looked pretty decent. I mean, in his third year under center, uh, 4,600 passing yards, 32 passing touchdowns. I mean, it hasn't all been as grim, I think, as For we sure. feel like it has, but he just hasn't, uh, he hasn't played to that ability that I think we just over expect from a number one overall pick just doesn't work i think the biggest surprise was just how the rams handled the situation they pretty much came out and said we can't do anything with this guy we need to move on with him. <laughs> we and can't take this punishment he, anymore right, like, he is killing us right now and for an <laughs> nfl team to pretty much outwardly say that that is a shock and then reports came out last week that mcveigh is in his office in, or during the season talking about you know, he he really is holding us back and I have nothing that I can do with him. And over and over. And then, and then once you come to January, even the GM comes out and says something that just doesn't happen in the NFL. So what does this do for the Rams? So in my opinion, my first reaction was this is the team like who's going to beat them? Because if you look at their defense, one of the best in the NFL, probably the best defense in the NFL and their offense was still, you know, executing at a high level, although you know, they weren't able to hit the home run, hit the big plays. That all changes with Stafford. Now they can throw the ball down the field. Now there is nothing that McVay can't call. And I think, you know, we're going to see the ego part of McVay come out knowing that he's been held back, quote unquote, with golf these past few years. And now he's just going to let it fly. Oh, I think this is definitely a, a team that I would consider betting, uh, betting a, a futures play on for the 2021 season. I think they're super interesting, but uh, for fantasy football, I think I'm going to have a lot of these guys on my rosters in the 2021 season just because I do expect, um, obviously, there should be some growing pains, I would expect, 
you know, moving offenses, uh, moving. I mean, it's like a completely different system. So I, I would expect that like we shouldn't project necessarily perfection from Matthew Stafford sure. as he makes that adjustment. But I just think there are so many uh, chances there and so many weapons. There are going to be so many scoring opportunities there that uh, this team, it, given their defense, is going to be a real threat in the postseason next season. Yeah, I think they're the best team in the NFC, and I think they're going to be very difficult to beat, especially come playoff time. They're, I'm not sure that there is another move out there that could happen to change my mind that the Rams aren't the best team in the NFC. So um, that was our number one move, surprise move. All surprises are not good, and that takes us to <laughs> our number two team, the Raiders, who decided to release essentially everybody on their offensive line. They <laughs> released Richie Incognito. They cut Gabe Jackson. They traded Trent Brown to the Patriots. And what did they do in return? They signed a running back. So, uh, yeah, what were the Raiders thinking, Kate? They threw spaghetti at the wall just to see what would stick, I think. Like, that's the only – what stuck? Explanation. <laughs> like nothing stuck. Uh, Kenny and Drake stuck as usual. He just he he gets stuck. Like that yeah. seems to be the story of his life. He was stuck in Miami. Uh, then he finally gets his shot, and uh, he gets stuck in mud. Once he gets his real opportunity, then he gets stuck in Las Vegas. I guess there are worse places uh, on the globe to be stuck. But I mean, I just there's no narrative that I can figure out. I think we've talked about this before when we were talking about like the free agency uh, winners and losers, and there's just no narrative I can still think to put together for the Raiders that makes sense from a, a team building standpoint. I mean, they've got question marks on the defense. They've got so many question marks on offense. Is Derek Carr your guy? And then the move you make is Kenyon Drake. I, I understand. I think a lot of uh, the offensive line moves were, were money motivated, but I think it is going to be hard. It, this is a, a deep, uh, deeper offensive line class. So it's, a, I guess, a good time if you're looking to rebuild in the draft. This is a, a good class to do it with. But I don't think you're going to rebuild your entire offensive line just with uh, your selections in the draft. I just I don't understand. I don't understand what John Gruden is doing. Somebody please translate John oh, Gruden yeah. to me. Yeah, nobody knows what John Gruden's doing. Nobody ever knows what John Gruden's doing or Mike. Knock Mayock. on wood yeah. if you're with me. I just, <laughs> there like, we go. This, I need I need him to go. And you know what? That man, uh, I think, will be buried in uh, in in the stadium of Las Vegas because he's just never gonna leave. He's never gonna leave. They've got like, why would you? Uh, when you're assigned to that kind of deal, you can do whatever in the world you want to that roster, and they're still obligated to keep you. So you know what? Gruden out here living his best life. Congratulations, John Gruden. Uh, you have tenure. Even their draft picks have been terrible. Like, I feel like it's – well, this is the podcast. We can we can be honest here. Their draft <laughs> picks have not been good. So, no. Jonathan Abram, not good. Cleveland Farrell, drafted in the top five of the NFL draft, not good. Colton Miller no. was fine. Uh, Josh Jacobs it was a first-rounder. He's a running back. He's a good player. But again, has he given them the production? And then Henry Ruggs last year, what did, did he do anything to make you think that, you know, he would be the number one receiver in the NFL? And losing Nelson Aguilar, I think that's going to be a, a bigger deal. And I know Willie Sneed's fine, uh, Zay Jones, sure, Brian Edwards, whatever, John Brown, hmm. But like those aren't people that are really moving the needle. So yeah, I'm I just don't know what the Raiders are expecting, what their direction is. That they, they don't seem like they have a plan. And they don't seem like they've had a plan under this Mayock and Gruden regime. 
So I, I don't understand, you know, even a Raider fan, how you could give them the benefit of the doubt in that scenario. So, um, okay, we've spoken about the Raiders <laughs> twice in two weeks, and we should never speak about them again. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> They're the banned from this podcast forever. Yes. Until they win three games in a row, we will not talk about the Raiders. How about that? So forever. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was mean. That was mean. I'm sorry if there are any Raiders fans listening. I'm doubly sorry because not only do you have to listen to this slander of your team, but also you're, you're the Raiders fan. I you have much sympathy. Them. Peace and love. Our number three surprise. So the 49ers traded up to number three, and we've kind of seen a domino effect around that trade already. We saw the Panthers trade for Sam Darnold. Now we're seeing teams potentially move up with the Falcons pick. You know, the other QB needing team. QB needy teams, whether that's Washington, whether that's Chicago, whether that's New England. But that was a shake up in the draft because Miami, they are going to stick with Tua now. And Philly, they moved up. They moved back down. They're going to probably move again. It feels like who knows what happens with them. Um, so Philly's going to stick with Jalen Hurts. Miami's going to stick with Tua. Both of those teams are probably going to draft either a pass catcher or a like Philly might draft a cornerback. But the 49ers are in a prime position now to select whatever quarterback it, they feel like is the top guy after Zach Wilson, who's probably going to go to the Jets, and Trevor Lawrence, who's probably going to go to the Jags. But this is going to shake up everything in the draft because now the 49ers could potentially draft a quarterback and then move Jimmy Garoppolo to one of those QB needy teams and maybe flip him for a second round pick and try to get some of that draft capital back. So uh, what was your reaction when you saw that Friday bomb happen where 49ers trade up, and then 10 minutes later, it was Phil the Philly deal went down. So this had this was as close to a three-team trade as we're probably ever going to get. But what was your reaction to that trade? Because that was a big surprise. It was a really big surprise, especially because all of this happened literally in the middle of Zach Wilson's pro day. Like, I don't know how they executed this. Obviously, there are lots of people on the back end, but like uh, – you know, their 49ers GM just sitting there on his phone, like super casually watching Zach Wilson throw. And then literally it's like, bum, 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 and breaking news. And you're like, that's how did that breaking news just happen when y'all are sitting there so casually watching Zach Wilson throw passes? Um, I think the, the timing of it was super interesting because uh, Zach Wilson, he obviously had a really nice pro day. Uh, but I think the more interesting thing is just sort of the the stuff that came after. I'm not uh, as stoked about the moves for like I'm not not crazy about all of the implications for for Miami or Philadelphia. I did think that both of these teams were gonna you know give their guys a shot, um, even though it didn't feel like the sexy move. But I think they're going to get both of their quarterbacks. Uh, if I had to guess right now, they're going to get them some sort of primetime receiving weapon, and that's going to be uh, sort of the measuring stick for for their rookie quarterback moving forward. But the 49ers literally set the league on fire. I've never seen so many passionate NFL fans come out of the woodwork, uh, whether you're passionate uh, for Trey Lance or Justin Fields or you hate Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen – it was literally like they dropped a bomb, walked away, and then – uh, hit you know hit the little buzzer to make the bomb go off once they were in safe distance uh, and they just left us all in shambles because uh, we're all up in arms and the issue is I think that all of these those 
three quarterbacks that I mentioned all feel like they're equally in contention for that number three over an overall pick. And I'll say the 49ers, just from a, a standpoint of creating confusion in the draft, which that's something you always want to do, uh, keep your your opponents on their feet. Uh, they've done a really good job of just making our head spin, uh, making us wonder. It seems like Daniel Jeremiah does really, really believe that Mac Jones could be the guy uh, per per public NFL scouts, amateur, <laughs> per us public amateur scouts, uh, that doesn't seem to be the right move. But honestly, I think Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. Um, I think regardless of the quarterback that is drafted there, I think there'll be tremendous upside. But I just, I love the chaos that they've caused. I think it's so smart from them from just a draft standpoint. Like, do you? I think it's so fun. Yes, absolutely. Go get it. I love that aggressive mentality. So um, the 49ers, the, the, the big media is throwing all types of smoke screens with this Mac Jones stuff because everybody ever with a microphone is saying that Mac Jones is going to the 49ers. Adam Schefter has doubled and tripled down on it, saying that he would be shocked. And he's not the only one. You mentioned Dan Jeremiah, Todd McShay. Essentially, all the big media talking heads are saying that it's Mac Jones. But I want to go back to Philly and Miami. And I'm not comparing Jalen Hurts or Tua to Josh Rosen, but Arizona was in a similar position where they selected a first round quarterback and they were in a position to take another guy and they took Kyler. Did we see enough from Tua or Jalen last year to give them another shot or are their teams making the correct move by just continuing to give them another chance and building around them? And Tua was coming off of, you know, an in, like an injury, a very serious like injury. Like a catastrophic injury. Yeah, that, oh. that was supposed to be like a redshirt year last year. So I can see that. And then Jalen Hurts didn't play much. But again, you're in a position to get a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson, and they chose not to. They chose not to. I think uh, perhaps in terms of like gaining additional draft capital, I think Miami is actually a team that's pretty close. If they can get Tua on track, I don't think Tua's uh, rookie season was quite as disastrous as we feel like it is like we need to always evaluate quarterbacks, not just on the rookie season. Sometimes like, especially when they're coming off catastrophic hip injury. Um, it seems like the plan regardless was to always start him. What after week five, yeah. um, it was literally as soon as he hit that one year mark from injury, he stepped onto the field. Um, but I mean, I think we saw that teeter totter. Cause like maybe he, he wasn't ready. Um, you're not getting the starting reps. Uh, you're not you're not able to perform through what's already a really weird offseason. Um, I'm not giving either of these guys like the benefit of the doubt clear cut, but I do think that there's more that Miami could do in terms of of getting offensive weapons around them. They've already got the defense. So like if you can get the right balance on offense, and I think that two is uh, a capable enough quarterback. I'm not I don't think uh, he, I wasn't as high on him as necessarily the. Uh, some of the other quarterbacks last season, but I do think he's a capable enough quarterback that if you can get some playmakers around him, uh, like Will Fuller, I think the signing of Will Fuller is huge. Get some playmakers around him, and I, I do think he's going to be capable of. I don't. Maybe we're going to see a playoff berth from them this year. That would be a, a wild ride. Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I I don't know what to make of Jalen Hurts. I. It's hard to evaluate him too. There were really no. Right weapons and i know we we uh tout 
um, you know, Carson Wentz in the same, uh, we dismiss Carson Wentz in the same way, but Carson Wentz, he just, he was, he was truly terrible. Jalen Hurts, his legs saved him a little bit, but again, I'd like to see both, uh, both of these rookie or soon to be sophomore quarterbacks, what they can do with just a couple of more weapons around them. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Going back to the Dolphins quick, they have an opportunity to you know, get a very good player in the first round, whether that's Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, whatever. Like they have plenty of options. So their receiving core would look like Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Preston Williams. And I, I don't think Matt Collins is a bad player at all. And then you also have Mike Gusecki. So there are any team would take those weapons. So th- there would be no excuses uh, for Tua in that situation. Whereas Jalen Hurts is on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like nobody is signing up to play for Philly. Like they don't have these type of weapons. So it'll be tough sledding for Jalen Hurts. And they have a lot of work to do along that offense. So again, uh, enough about the Eagles. And let's get into <laughs> our last topic, last surprise, because there are a surprisingly amount of good free agents that are still available. Uh, KJ Wright from the Seattle Seahawks linebacker. He was one of the best linebackers in the NFL last year, still available. Antonio Brown, nobody knows what is going on with his situation because, I, I, I mean, I just don't know. He's available for a reason, but he's still a very capable wide receiver. And then you have Melvin Ingram, Richard Sherman, Casey Hayward, J- Jadavion Clowney. You can go on and on and on. There are probably like 10 starters available, like 10 very high-quality starters available in free agency. On PFS podcast, Richard Sherman said that he was told by teams he wouldn't sign until after the draft because they're looking for, you know, you just younger guys. And if they happen to miss out on a cornerback, then that's where Sherm comes into play. My question to you, is this going to be a norm where just these quality of players don't get signed until after the draft every year? Or do you think this is just because the current salary cap? I think it's the current salary cap. I think it's the just the overall questions that we've had going into this season. Um, you know, like we, it felt like we were waiting until the final hour until we had any information on salary cap. I don't expect this to be the new norm. Cause like you said, like these, I think it's really interesting. And I'm, I mean, honestly, it just sort of makes you wonder the caliber of uh, players that we do have available right now. It feels like all of those small names, we saw them get signed relatively quickly. And I feel like that's because they were, I mean, it, it's easier to sign uh, a player for one to $3 million 
per season than it is to sign some of these guys that actually deserve a payday. Um, you know, I'm surprised that maybe we haven't seen these guys take, you know, a one year prove it deal somewhere. But these are all guys that I think are going to command more money than anybody's going to want to give them under the circumstances. But I don't know, it kind of reminds me like I had uh, an, an uncle back in the day who got laid off from his job. He was like, you know, a high level person in, in his company. And um, they they replaced him with just some Joe Schmo and, you know, who's making a quarter of the salary. Like sometimes you make those financial decisions and you're letting go of a quality person, but sometimes financially you think it's the right move. And that's almost what I feel like is happening in the NFL right now. You're seeing these quality players miss out on deals just because teams don't feel like they can afford it. Yeah. And, and I'm very curious to see if that is a reflection of the salary cap or if they can use the salary cap as an excuse this year and maybe because it'll work out for them financially, they'll be able to benefit in the future. So uh, that'll do it for us today. Kate, was there any other names that we forgot? Any other teams or anything else that, before we get out of here? The only thing I want to close out the show with is, like, is there any team that makes just more vanilla moves at the quarterback position than the Carolina Panthers? Because, <laughs> like, I mean... Teddy Bridgewater, I love him. I love his story. Uh, I think he was an underrated quarterback last season. Uh, he wasn't one of those guys that like put the team on his back, and you know maybe that's what Carolina's looking for. But like Sam Darnold, like that—that that was the solution. You had an opportunity. They were in the rumor mill uh, to be one of those teams that traded up to get one of these uh, quarterback assets. Like even Justin Fields, I've seen mocks where. He's falling to them at number eight, and Sam Darnold was the guy. So interesting. Like, less, I just want to find a team that makes less exciting moves, but I can't. <laughs> it, it felt like a panic mode to me, honestly. <laughs> it felt like they didn't have to make this move on the first, in the first week of April. Like, why would you have to do that right now? Why couldn't you wait till draft day once you found out that an actual quarterback didn't fall? It just seems like it was a rush to make this decision. But at the same time, it could also mean that these mocks with Justin Fields falling are probably just way off. Yeah. So I imagine Carolina did call for number two, number three, number four, and they just got the middle finger like, nope, we are not budging. Nice try. Try again. So perhaps in that scenario, they could know that Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or even McCorkle Jones is not falling to them at number eight. But Maybe they felt like Darnold was better than them. I don't know, because Darnold is still young. He can, quote unquote, make all the throws, but he does have a lot of bonehead in him. And I'm not sure that that is going to change ever because it hasn't changed in the past four or five years of him starting at USC and in the NFL. And I, I know it's easy to point the finger at Adam Gase and he deserves a lot of the blame. But Darnold fingers, hasn't yeah. exactly been. Yes, he hasn't exactly been squeaky clean in the NFL either. So. Yeah, underwhelming is a great way to describe him. I do think if there is a guy who can turn him around, it is Joe Brady because he they were able to get 2,000-yard receivers with Teddy Bridgewater under center. So perhaps he can open up the offense a little bit. He can move around too. Um, but still, to give to extend him, like to pick up his fifth-year option right away too, like, man, they, they went all in on, on Darnold when they didn't have to. So we'll see if it works out. I have my doubts. Um, I was – Darnold was rumored to go to a few different teams. So Carolina kind of came out of the blue. 
um, rooting for Joe Brady. I love him as a play caller, but yeah, I think underwhelming is just a perfect way to uh, to end it there. Yeah, I think I think that's the only note I needed to to close out on. I feel like we couldn't let this this moment pass by us without just getting in one one jab at the Panthers for this move. <laughs> This is the Pupcast, and we take jabs at everybody. So if you want to take jabs at us, please rate, subscribe, review, <laughs> leave us, let us know what is on your mind. Thank you, as always, for listening. And enjoy your day.